0: As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com/slash metaverse impact. Welcome to the Tech Meme Ride Home for Tuesday, April 23rd, 2019. I'm Brian McCullough. Today, Tesla has an event. That some people say is all reality distortion field. Facebook makes some interesting hires. Twitter is quietly chirping a tune. Wall Street likes and Amazon Key is here to deliver inside your house. Here's what you missed today in the world of tech. Yesterday, Tesla held an invitation-only event for investors that it called Autonomy Day. And headlines were made. Tesla unveiled a new microchip that will be included in every new Tesla made today, called the Tesla Computer. The chip is designed to enable full self-driving capabilities on all Teslas. It's custom designed and is a switch from the NVIDIA drive platform that Teslas used to use. Existing owners can buy the chip separately and have it installed, though the exact cost of that was not announced. Work on a next-generation chip is already underway, which Elon Musk says will be three times better. And with some software updates that Tesla is also working on, Musk estimated by the middle of 2020, Tesla's autonomous system will be at the point where drivers will not have to pay attention to the road at all. To that end, Musk said Tesla will roll out autonomous taxis in some parts of the U.S. next year. And Tesla owners can enroll their cars in the taxi service to make a little extra money. So rent your Tesla as a taxi. Be an Uber driver, except you don't have to drive. Musk says that Tesla robo-taxis could earn their owners as much as $30,000 a year in profit. Quote, the fundamental message that consumers should be taking today is... It is financially insane to buy anything other than a Tesla. It will be like owning a horse in three years. I mean, fine, if you want to own a horse, but you should go into it with that expectation, Musk said on Monday. Like, people should really think about their purchase. It's basically crazy to buy any other car but a Tesla. We need to convey that argument clearly, and we will after today, end quote. So, long and short of it is this. Musk is claiming that all Teslas will, within a year, have Level 5 autonomy with no geofencing. That's a fancy way of saying they will be able to drive themselves by themselves anywhere on the planet. There are currently no cars on the road today with Level 5 autonomy. And again, Musk is saying this will be achieved with all existing Tesla vehicles, so long as they have these fancy new chips and some coming software updates. There is no additional hardware to add to your Tesla to make this happen. In fact, Musk had some trash talk for LiDAR, the technology that almost every other AV system being developed relies on. Quote, LiDAR is a fool's errand, Musk said. Anyone relying on LiDAR is doomed. They are expensive sensors that are unnecessary. It's like having a whole bunch of expensive appendices. Like one appendix is bad. Well, now you have a whole bunch of them. It's ridiculous, you'll see, end quote. Tesla's cars currently rely on radar, GPS, maps, ultrasonic sensors, and some other bells and whistles to achieve the current autopilot, which is a level two driver assistance package. So to say people online are skeptical about now Tesla claiming that it will have level five or even four autonomy within a year would be putting it mildly. At the very least, the chips and software announced yesterday will for sure make autopilot function better, but full level 4 or level 5 autonomy, that's where people start to whisper about a reality distortion field again. As Steven Schladover, a retired UC Berkeley engineer, said to Axios ahead of yesterday's announcement, quote, it's all hype. The technology does not exist to do what he's claiming, end quote. And here's what Owen Williams wrote in his Charged newsletter this morning. It's difficult to know what's factual and what is extreme hyperbole with Tesla and Elon Musk. Sometimes Musk is able to force the things he's fabricated into reality through sheer luck. Other times he's forced to dial it back and quietly admit failure. And that's my problem with Tesla as it is today. All of its technology is impressive, and the work it's doing is no doubt boundary-pushing, but the hyperbolic repeatedly slightly untrue claims water down the company's legitimacy. Flouting regulation, safety, and even reality to get to its goals seems to get its fans excited. But when will the other shoe and reality drop? End quote. Two interesting hires announced at Facebook. First, Jennifer Newstead will be Facebook's new general counsel, replacing Colin Stretch. Newstead is currently a legal advisor to the U.S. State Department and served in the Justice Department under President George W. Bush. Jennifer is a seasoned leader whose global perspective and experience will help us fulfill our mission, Cheryl Sandberg said in a statement included with a press release announcing the hire, quoting from The Verge. But many are already troubled by Newstead's history, lobbying, and legislating for more powerful electronic surveillance. As The Hill points out, a 2002 Justice Department press release describes her as, quote, helping craft, end quote, the legislation which came to be known as the Patriot Act. Notorious Bush administration lawyer John Yoo described her as the, quote, day-to-day manager for the Patriot Act in Congress, end quote, in his 2006 book, end quote, the other new hire at Facebook is John Pinnett, a former Vulcan and Gates Ventures executive, as its new VP of Global Communications, replacing Karen Maruni, who is leaving after eight years. Vulcan is the late Microsoft co-founder Paul Allen's holding company, and Gates Ventures is Bill Gates' private office. But most notably, perhaps... Panette was a Microsoft Director of Communications during the period when Microsoft was tussling with the Justice Department over antitrust allegations, quote, over antitrust allegations. As Alex Kentrowitz tweeted, quote, for those keeping score at home today, Facebook announced it had hired a surveillance-friendly lawyer who had a hand drafting the Patriot Act as its general counsel and a comms head who did PR for Microsoft during its antitrust battles. Says a lot about the company's state of mind, end quote. Amazon has launched its key in-garage delivery service today. Actually, it's in-garage, in the front door, and in your car's trunk delivery service. Let CNET remind you what this is all about. Quote, Amazon wants to use key to create a new platform for its services, giving customers more secure deliveries and digital access to their homes. It eventually plans to add Amazon Home Services to the program, letting people use Key for home cleaners, dog walkers, and repairmen. If successful, Key could give Amazon an advantage against its retail rivals in-home deliveries, product installations, and other services. Key in-home shipping works by letting a delivery person unlock a customer's internet-connected door lock and place a package just inside the door. The customer can watch the delivery happening using an Amazon Cloud Cam security camera. Key should help Amazon cut down on package thefts and rain-soaked boxes left on people's porches. Prime customers who pay $119 annually can use Key after installing the needed hardware, such as an internet-connected door lock and security camera for in-home delivery in-car delivery is available for only certain types of cars and requires an active OnStar or Volvo on-call account, end quote. Key is now available beginning today in 50 U.S. cities, as Amazon added an additional 13 cities to the program today as well. When you go through airport security, there's one line where the TSA agent checks your ID and another line where a machine scans your bag. The same thing happens in enterprise security, but instead of passengers and luggage, it's end users and their devices. These days, most companies are pretty good at the first part of the equation where they check user identity, but user devices can roll right through authentication without getting inspected at all. In fact, 47% of companies allow unmanaged, untrusted devices to access their data. That means an employee can log in from a laptop that's had its firewall turned off and hasn't been updated in six months. Or worse, that laptop might belong to a bad actor using Using employee credentials. Collide finally solves the device trust problem. Collide ensures that no device can log into your Okta protected apps unless it passes your security checks. can do the same for your business. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash ride, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash ride now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash ride. Again, we have signs of the first stirrings of tech earnings season. Twitter announced earnings this morning, and their Q1 numbers handily beat estimates, with revenues of $787 million, up 18% year-over-year, and net income of $191 million. But, as tends to happen, the mouths were the buzzkill. Monthly active users dropped to 330 million, down 6 million users from a year ago. But the news, really, is that Twitter is quietly starting to kill it, at least in the eyes of Wall Street. Twitter's stock opened up 14% this morning. Twitter might have finely educated investors that comparing them to Facebook or Instagram or whoever is not worth doing, though Twitter did encourage those comparisons for a long time. Twitter might never have a billion users, and that's okay because their users are committed and influential. And to that end, In aid of getting investors to focus on a different, more meaningful metric for Twitter, we might not have Mao's to kick around much longer because Twitter, like several other companies, wants to kill the Mao. Quoting from CNBC, this quarter will be the last for which Twitter reports monthly active users, the company announced during its last earnings report. As a replacement, Twitter began to report what it calls monetizable daily active users, MDAOs, last quarter, which it said would better reflect its audience. This metric includes Twitter users who log in and access Twitter on any given day through Twitter.com or our Twitter applications that are able to show ads, according to the company. Twitter reported 134 million average MDOWs for the first quarter compared with 120 million a year earlier. In the fourth quarter, Twitter said it had 126 million MDAOs. In the U.S., Twitter reported 28 million average MDOWs for the first quarter, compared with 26 million a year earlier. It reported 105 million average international MDOWs for the first quarter, compared with 94 million a year earlier, end quote. On its corporate blog yesterday, connected car platform Smart Car said it is taking legal action against a rival startup, autonomo which it says has copied its api documentation allegedly verbatim you might have seen this story as it sat at the top of hacker news for most of yesterday under the headline autonomo with nearly 55 million in funding is cloning our product in the post smart car founder sahas kata shares extensive screenshots to make his case and he wrote quote Autonomo raised approximately $55 million in disclosed venture capital funding from well-regarded VCs, including Bessemer. The company has a valuation of nearly $400 million from a recent financing round and stamps of approval from auto industry heavyweights like Delphi, Aptiv. They are not some rogue company. I'm baffled. Did none of the over 100 Autonomo employees, according to LinkedIn, think that what they were doing was wrong? End quote. I found the debate around this on Hacker News really interesting. It got into APIs, SDK, licenses, copyrights, GitHubs, and Git clones and forks. It was all really fun. I've included a link to that in the show notes as well. The back and forth comes down to this. Is what Autonomo is accused of doing wrong? Illegal? Immoral? User Joe Axe wrote, quote, This is pretty egregious, but in reality the only thing that was copied was the docs for the API, not the API itself. The other company still has to write all the backend code, and given their track record of just ripping stuff off, may not have the engineering chops to pull it off. In addition, as SmartCar continuously improves their product and API, the other company can only react to these changes. If I was the original poster, my reaction would be shock and horror, too, but then I'd realize the old axiom of imitation as the best form of flattery, end quote. I don't know, your mileage on this one might vary, but I found the whole debate very fun, very old school in a good way. I sort of love how there is still this kind of honor code among developers around copying other people's ingenuity. I'm seriously not being facetious about this at all. Even in this world of open source and GitHub and all that, even in the modern tech world of sharks and cutthroat startups and launch first and ask permission later, I find it endearing that there still seems to be sort of this samurai code among developers. Some sort of possibly naive faith that coding ingenuity should be recognized and respected versus, well, quoting from Hacker News commenter Mike K. Char, What I find a bit crazy is why don't large corporations do this more often? I literally told my manager when I was working at Corel that we should do this. Find a promising-looking startup, clone their offering, and blow them out of the water by virtue of the fact that we have 500 sales and marketing people with 20 years of experience. Not to mention, by being second to the market, we can learn how to avoid all the legacy problems the startup endured. We were in a new ventures team, and I figured instead of going along with cockamamie schemes dreamed up by our PGMs that had virtually no hope of success, we should enter markets that had at least some advanced proven success. Nope. Not going to happen. We needed to build something that nobody had ever thought of before. While I can understand the idea, I still think it's a massive mistake for an established company. Why enter markets where you can't play to your strengths, which is your muscle? I could never figure it out, end quote. Well, maybe you can't do it because a lot of devs simply wouldn't go along for something like that because a lot of them still live by this dev samurai code. Finally today, quick little nugget here. According to sources, billionaire SoftBank founder Masayoshi Son made a huge personal bet on Bitcoin just as prices peaked and lost more than $130 million when he finally sold out. As the Wall Street Journal pithily put it, "Quote: Mr. Son's previously unreported loss shows that even some of the world's most sophisticated and wealthiest investors got caught up in the Bitcoin frenzy, end quote. To which I say, do we know for sure Masa Son really is one of the world's savviest investors? After all, he did lose his shirt in the dot-com bubble, remember? And this time... The only thing that's different is he just has all the money now, so he can place all the bets. I don't know if that makes you savvy. It just means that you have enough money to put a bet on all the numbers on the roulette table. That's all for today. I've been your host, Brian McCullough. Follow me on Twitter at BrianMCC. The show's subreddit is r slash ridehome. Our sister show is the primary ride home. Check that out if you haven't. And the link to the ad-free version of the show, which lets you support the show directly and save some time by not listening to ads, is the very last link in the show notes. And by the way, you can now get a free seven-day trial of the ad-free feed if you'd like to try it out for free for a bit. I just turned that on last night. Talk to you tomorrow.